We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. the Cleveland Cavaliers I don't know like on the one hand the first three quarters were shades of early last season on the other hand the uh the fourth quarter was so impressive that I might forget the first three quarters I we're literally literally was just gonna say I already forgot the first three quarters I don't know what (laughs) I don't know what happened um, it, it's not important to me, but <laughs> was that the worst start that they've had? This was that the worst basketball that they've played all season, probably. Right, the first the first three quarters, it was pretty nasty stuff. It, it looked yeah, like yeah. The only uh, the only game where they've started that slow was against OKC, um, and they kind of rectified that one by halftime. This one it took all the way to the fourth quarter, but yeah, I mean that kind of speaks to how well they've been playing this season. Yeah. That, like. You know, they're they're 13 and two, 15 yep. games in. And there's a whopping two games where we're like, yeah, they came out flat as hell. I, I, if they had lost tonight, Sam, I wouldn't have got on Green Room tonight and been super frustrated. It's just it happens. It's an 82 game season. They just won a huge game against Brooklyn. You're on a front end of a back to back. Guys aren't taking this seriously, probably. I, I mean, you can't blame them. If they had lost, I would not have been frustrated tonight watching them. But uh, they came out and and it's and the, what was the big thing about this game was that it's not like every single player came back and played well in the fourth quarter. It really was Steph Curry. Like the defense kind of shored up a little bit, but the, at the end of the day, it was Steph going and saying, "Guys, I, look, man, we're playing the Cavs. There's no Mobley. There's no Jared Allen. There's no Sexton. What the fuck are we doing?" And he just took over and ended. <laughs> like, well, what's yeah. going on here? I really do think that that's kind of the story of the game. It's like a dichotomy. It's like we could talk about the fact that Andrew Wiggins was terrible. 12 yeah. points, zero rebounds. Zero rebounds just – it grinds my gears when you know how athletic he is when he feels like using it. And, I mean, Kerr basically benched him. Yeah. And then, and then Jordan Poole not really playing any better. Equally as egregious. Uh, <laughs> eight points tw- in 24 minutes, three for ten. Really could not figure out how to get going. So, like, we could focus on, like – same old story. Which one of those guys is going to be an every game player instead of a right. once every right. three games they decide to show everyone how good they are? 
Or we could focus on the fact that Steph Curry's still the best player in the league, plays like an MVP, 40 points. The Warriors needed every one of them because not a <laughs> single player on the team scored over 14 points tonight outside Jesus. of Steph. And that fourth quarter was just vintage, vintage Steph, where he's just like, I've had enough of your trash. I'm taking over. Yeah, uh, it was it was. I'm the best player in the world, and and I think he's a killer. Like he's the one guy on the team that's a killer. Draymond's a killer, but he's not offensively a killer. He's a defensive killer. So all they've got is Steph offensively as a killer, and he's the guy that like like we like you said, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole. We can talk about Looney. We can talk about whoever. But like those guys are gonna play bad games. I'm not gonna read that much into it. But with Steph, he, it's just one of those seasons. I think we're seeing 15 games in. It's one of those seasons where Steph is going to say, "Yeah, we're just not losing tonight. We're not." <laughs> and like what, what Steph? Steph played the whole uh, fourth quarter, 12 minutes. He's probably going to rest tomorrow uh, with some fake injury, or, or he's going to play less tomorrow. But like he just said, "We're not losing," and that's the stuff that you see from your Kobe's of the world, right? Like we've seen that with the Kobe's, we've seen that with the Lebrons, like with the best players in the world. That's what happens. When it's especially like it's a Thursday night in Cleveland, Sam. Like, if Steph didn't show up tonight, nobody cares, right? Like, he could have been like an Anthony Davis type of guy, just not show up, and it would have been fine. But that's don't not him. Dis- don't be disrespectful. <laughs> uh, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. What I was what I was gonna say is, it's the sense of the moment. That's the thing the greatest of greats have, where it's like you try to keep everyone involved in the game, and then. You know, somewhere in the third or fourth quarter, you're like, they just don't have it. It's time for me to just put this on my back. And that's the sort of thing that maybe Steph wouldn't have done five, six years ago, where he would have either tried to take over earlier or not really figured out where to take over. And now it's like, you know, he knows what to do. There's no there's no thinking. He has perfect feel for the game. And, you know, it's you can even point back to guys like LeBron or excuse me, Kobe and stuff like that, where it's like the hardest thing for a guy of that talent level to do is figure out how to balance their talent and getting everyone else going. Like when to pick your spots and when not to. Steph, yeah. I think, did it perfectly tonight. Just fourth quarter. No one else is going to do this. All right. I'm all in. Um, <laughs> I have a couple other things I want to hit on before we get to the callers. Yep. So, one, Bielita, been struggling recently. I thought he he was really good, particularly in the first half. And I think that was positive for him because this is kind of a strength in numbers roster. And he is kind of an offensive five for them. And it's just good for him to get kind of assert himself in the game a little bit. Yeah, I think the uh, the Warriors want him to shoot more. Right. I, I think I think he shoots enough, but they want him to just catch and shoot. Essentially, is this Andy's sources? No, no, I just I, it just feels that way. Right. Like it feels like the Warriors just want belly to shoot more threes. And uh, I think you and I are comfortable with them shooting the way he does. But he does tend to dribble and he does tend to go in the middle of the paint and turn the ball over. And I think that's frustrating. That's kind of what we saw last season from Ubre and baseball. Right. But tonight, one of the big Damian Lee three, Sam, was was belly turning down an open three and dribbling to the middle of the lane and then passing out to D Lee for a three. Right. Like those are things that he can do, especially against a bad roster like Cleveland. So I don't think of belly as a playoff playoff guy that you're he's not a playoff 16 game type of guy. But dude, you're you need him for the regular season. He's going to have to be there. And I like belly. I think he's going to have a good season. Had a good game tonight. I agree with you. And um in general, it's like 
that's kind of the thing about this roster. They don't have, let's say, a big three who they're counting on every night. I mean, to be fair, they kind of do with Clay coming back. But until Clay comes back, it's like Steph runs the offense, and then it's by committee who's going to be the number two and the number three that night. Draymond runs the defense, and it's a little bit by committee about who are going to be the guys that night. And so that actually brings me into the the second point. What I want to talk about, Damian Lee and Juan Toscano-Anderson, two players who have – Damian Lee's kind of played less recently, and Juan's just outright been out of the rotation. They were huge in the fourth quarter, and, you know, we can argue, like, does this team have enough high-end talent in the playoffs? But, like, in the regular season, that depth is huge because – like we said earlier, this was not Jordan Poole's night. This was not Andrew Wiggins' night. Um, Otto Porter really didn't give them that much, even though the Warriors' Twitter account thinks he did. Uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, Kuminga looked like a rookie after the last couple of games. Tonight was a reminder. It's going to be an up-and-down process with him for a while. Yes, sir. Yep. And yep. who was there? Two of what I would consider the most reliable players in this rotation. Maybe not the most talented, but, like, you know what I love about Juan and, and Damian Lee? They're reliable. They know you know exactly what they're going to do when they play. Yep. I uh, Steve Kerr, Steve 2.0. I, I just think this was one of those games where Steve knew these guys don't have it. I'm going to throw JTA in there who hasn't been who hasn't played in almost two weeks, and he's going to make the he's going to he's going to bring energy and he's going to make the right play. Like the thing about Wiggins and Poole being benched is that we've seen them make the wrong play. Now their upside is higher. They can make shots and they can be good defenders. But JTA is always going to be solid. He's going to give it 110%, and he's going to make the right pass in the defensive play every single time. And he struggled, actually, to start. I felt like he, I felt like he was kind of getting his rust off a little bit, Sam. Yeah. But by the fourth quarter, he was incredible. And uh, that's the JTA we saw last season. That, that's, that, that's the type of – he was like a Draymond type of influence on the team. Um, that we saw last season, and and I don't, and I don't think, you, and I don't think you could put a price on that. Like, how many players are capable of being out of the rotation for eight games, ten games, something, something in that range, right? And then you throw them in the fourth quarter of a game, you're quite frankly playing awful, and they change the momentum of the game, and they're they're key to you winning the game. You know, his numbers, they're well, actually, this number is pretty good: sixteen minutes, seven <laughs> points, five rebounds three assists felt like he was looking for Steph. One thing I love about Juan is he's always doing his Draymond impression. Like where's Steph, where's Steph, you know, all the yeah. time. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, um, there's not a lot of guys who can not play and stay that ready. It's hard, man. It's hard to have a rhythm when you don't play like that. Yeah. I, that's, that's, I mean, there are guys on the team that wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Like we can point, go down the list and he's just the guy that's, he's like the classic, every coach, like catchphrase buzzword that you want to say is JTN. Yeah. He's gritty. He's always ready. He's he's last one in, last one out, first one in. Like that's JTA. And by um, the way, that's every, that's Damian Lee too, to a yeah, degree. Actually, right? Yeah. yeah. We we haven't talked about Damian Lee. Who I feel bad because he was playing well in the beginning of the season and uh, was one of their better bench scorers and better shooters on the team. And then he got his injury and I thought it was I thought it was a rest injury, but he ended up being out for almost three what three, four games and he came back struggling. So it's good to see him put those shots in at the end of the game. So hopefully he uh, hopefully gets healthier because yeah, he was one of the better guys off the bench this season, and we also saw him closing games. So good to see him play well tonight. Yeah, I mean, those two those two turned the game. Like, let, let's not get twisted. Steph won the game, and Draymond – we haven't even talked about this, but this is like 
the most obvious point here. They Cleveland a lot scored eight points in the fourth quarter. Draymond was locked in down the line. Like they just had to find the right combination around Draymond. But the same way, the same way we feel like, you know, you just got to find the right guys around Steph and the offense will hum. That's how I feel about Draymond. You just got to find the guys who are in it and engaged in that night. And Draymond will have them defending the way they need to defend. And it worked perfectly in the fourth quarter. I think Juan and, and, and Damian Lee deserve so much credit for the way they turned that game in the fourth quarter. And that really just speaks to what this roster is. You know, we're waiting on Clay. We'll know how good their high-end talent is once we see Clay off of injury. Sources say Clay's looking really good. I know he's been cleared for five-on-fives, which is pretty exciting. Seems like he's really going to make that um, return before Christmas, which is just, dude, how excited are you to see Clay? I I was thinking about this yesterday, and I was just, I mean, I think about it every day. Actually, I don't, I don't even lie. Um, but the stuff you hear from from the Warriors is that Clay looks good, he looks healthy, and uh, it's just a matter of how much time he needs before he comes back to be the same person. I just, I don't know, man. I might cry. I might cry. Tears, tears, tears in the Lou household. <laughs> just me sitting in the corner, no lights on, game on in the background, just just sobbing. I, just Marvin's room. Except happy. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, what you can put some Drake on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna be fun. So I don't know. What do you What do you think? When do you think he comes back? Let's Let's throw this out there before getting to the goon. What do you think he comes back? Christmas? Be nice. No, I think he's gonna come back. So they have two home games before Christmas. I legitimately think he's gonna play either it's the twentieth or the twenty third. And I got double. One of them is against Memphis. I don't know if I, for whatever reason, Memphis is the Warriors' boogeyman. But um, I think he's going to play in one of those games before Christmas because on Christmas, they're going to Phoenix. Oh, sorry. It's Sacramento uh, at Golden State on the 20th and Memphis at Golden State on the 23rd. So I think he's going to come back for one of those games. And then he's going to be there on Christmas. ESPN's going to go nuts. Um, it just, it's going to be so fun. I mean, it's, man, it's going to be great to have him back. That's all Uh, I know. That's all we need to say. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to uh, let's get to the light years, goons. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get some callers. Maxwell, what's up, man? What's up, guys? I just had one question. Do you think we would be better or worse if you replaced Andrew Wiggins with current Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Maxwell, appreciate you. All right, Harrison Barnes playing better than, than Wiggins this season, but he's also playing the power forward position. What do you think, Andy? Better. Uh, better. What do we do? What do we do? Now, uh, defensively might be the difference because I think offensively, they're uh, actually Harrison Barnes a way better shooter offensively. What am I saying? I mean, off the dribble wise, it comes and goes for both of those guys. Um, but defensively, there's difference, right? They put Andrew Wiggins on ones, twos, and threes, and Harrison Barnes, like you just said, it's more of a threes, but mostly a fours, four, and five fours and fives. Yeah. Mostly a fours and five. Like auto, think your auto quarter types, except for Harry B, can actually defend um, type mm-hmm. of guy. So you you kind of. Harry B. Come on. I don't even want to. It's Harry B. I actually think it might be Wiggins. Oh, my God. But but only because this team needs a wing, not a big. That's it. uh, Barnes is the better player. Barnes is definitely better when they go small ball. Well, I think this team needs uh, the guy who can actually play the 2-3. Well, okay, but but in a playoff series uh, (laughs) and they need and they need to close a game, it's going to be Steph Clay. Yeah. God, it really is 2015 again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Steph, Clay, Draymond. Obviously, no Iguodala tonight, but they're going to play Iguodala in the playoffs, and then we're going to get mad at whoever the fifth man is. (laughs) Well, I'm saying, like, if it's Harry B, like, it'd be Harry B. Like, he'd be a perfect fifth guy. Like, fuck, geez, it really is 2015. All right. Wow. All right, let's keep moving. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah, I can't believe you just said that. Take that off, Tim. Producer Tim, take it off. Cut it out. (laughs) Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? Uh, First off, uh, this Cavs team must be a coach's favorite team. There's a white power forward every two seconds. They lose one. There's two more. It's like a Hydra. It makes no sense. <laughs> the, yeah. The whitest team in the league. But uh, other than that, uh, great coaching by Kerr. He was very flexible. He tried to find um, tried to find the correct lineups in a game where it was a classic track game. Uh, off, a, off a win, coming into Cleveland, just – lethargic to begin and then in the fourth quarter he finds the group jta gives some great energy we clamp on the glass and just overall that's that's the type of win i look at in a regular season and say that's a good basketball team because th- those are the type of wins that good basketball teams get they get those trap games and they win them we weren't winning these last year we were we'd have lost that game in heartbreaking fashion but we won it by 15 this year yep good point good point ryan i agree with you that is a game they lose last year uh, one lineup they do out there I thought was interesting before Bernardo comes on is uh, 
four shooters and JTA. Um, and he ran that lineup at the fourth quarter pretty much into the ground when they had the game in hand. So another Steve, uh, another Steve 2.0 coaching. Steve, uh, it's incredible. Steve 2.0, baby. All right, incredible. Bernardo, what's up, man? Okay, so I, I want to do this because I was thinking about it and I want to do this. So the best players of all time is Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Russell, Magic, Bird, Duncan. And then who? Curry? Because, <laughs> like, no, honestly, honestly, if you look at Curry against Bryant, he's a better offensive player than Kobe was. Flat out, he's a better offensive player. And, of course, Kobe was a better defender in his prime, but either way. I, Who's hey, next? Hey. Who's next? And then oh, the, the only other question I had was, who goes out for wise men to play minutes in this team? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so that's a tough one. I, I don't yeah. know. I feel, I feel like Kuminga might have his – it's going to be tough to play Kuminga and Wiseman together. But yeah, we'll, you, we'll, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. We'll, do, we'll deal with that on another, another podcast. Um, he, by the way, the mentions, he said Kareem, not Kyrie. Yeah, I thought he um, said Kyrie and I was about to lose my shit. No, no, I said Kareem. Um, Magic. It's a, it's, a fair, it's a fair point on Steph. I just want to point out – until Steph gets another title and goes a little longer, I'm going to have to default to Kobe and the legends who have done it longer. But I will say this. I have the utmost confidence Steph's going to retire and he's going to put his name among all those. Like he's on that trajectory. He's shown me nothing that makes me think he's not going to achieve it. I love the fact that, that's motivating him. Like, you know, Steph is thinking about the fact that what did he say last year? I have nothing to prove. I have things I want to accomplish. Yeah. And that sums up, that sums up Steph. Like he has, he, he has nothing to prove to anyone. Now it's just about quote unquote, collecting the hardware and putting in the <laughs> long, putting in the longevity, doing it for 15 years or whatever you want to say so that the numbers and, you know how it goes. Like we just watched, we just watched like uh, Buster Posey retire, and it's gonna be weird because he was like one of the best players in baseball for ten years, but like he had kind of a a shorter career, right? Like yeah, and so much as so much of sports is defined by that longevity factor. I think Steph's gonna both have the longevity and the numbers and the accolades, but like until he does, I'm you know, it's fun to watch him. We- we don't, yeah, we don't have to do the whole ranking stuff, but I, 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 I liken him to Kobe. I think that's the comparison for Steph uh, throughout his career. I think he'll have, he'll have, uh, and, and and just some of it is this. Number one, it's he's going to have the titles. I think he'll win one or two more. He's going to win them without Shaq. In this case, without KD, and he's going to win them with Shaq. And in this case, with KD, uh, he's going to be in the same team forever like Kobe. He's never jumped anywhere else. And the other thing is, people love the game. It changed, people, it changed the game, but people love him. They yeah. love Steph. Like, there's nobody that people love more than Steph. And when Kobe was 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 in the league, nobody loved people. Like, Warriors fans hated him. I hated him. But, like, everybody loves Kobe. China, America, everywhere. It's just, it's, it's Kobe. And I think, and I think with Steph, it's the same thing. And I think that stuff you can't, can you, like, that stuff you can't, it's not on the court stuff, man. That's just stuff people resonate with. And that's where I like in the two guys. But, hey, I, I think Steph still needs to win a title, though. Like, I think he still needs to win another one. So, and I think he will. 
Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think he's going to end up where we think he's going to end up. And it's just a matter of him playing it out. That's, that's, that's the exciting thing because like Bernardo's right. You watch him and you're like, this is one of the five to 10 best players I've ever seen. And really the only thing stopping you from putting him there is like, you want to see him do it for another three, four years. Yep. That's yep. really it. You know, like he just, he just has to complete the resume at this point. You watch so, him. We watch him tonight. He ain't fucking slowing down. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. He, he's not dude. He looks, <laughs> he's not. He looks more athletic than like, it's just, it's wild. And I, and, and I want to just, I want to continue appreciating it because whenever, whenever he does retire, Look, man, the Warriors are going to be a good position because they got good ownership and it's going to be a good team for a while, but like, it's not going to be the same. I'm going to cry again. It's just not going to be the same. It's like you, you can't, you cannot just, <coughs> you just don't get a guy like that organically every, you know, every few nope. years. That's not how it works. Nope. All right. Keep moving. Larry, what is up, man? Well, I got to say a couple things. Uh, you guys have already talked about JTA and Damian Lee, but Gary Payton, too, really changed the game as soon as he came in in the first quarter. Uh, and that's an amazing thing. Secondly, <clears throat> as I'm listening to what's going on and I'm watching this team, I'm realizing that the person that sacrificed the most to bring KD here was Steph Curry. This guy would have been doing this in 17, 18, and 19, and we lost three years of the best player ever to play the game, in my opinion. You know, he may not be Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not unstoppable and tall, but he, like you said earlier, he changed the way the game is played, and I'm so happy that we get to watch him every other day or so. That's all I have to say. Larry, appreciate you. Um, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I feel like Andy and I say this every time, right? Like it, it, it almost gets old, but then the game starts and I'm like, no, it's not old. Like this is, this is special, man. I've watched a lot of hoops. It's, you just can't replicate this. You can't, you can't. The sacrifice stuff I want to hit on real quick, Sam, is, uh, we don't, we don't see this ever sports. I mean, real life. I mean, in real life, who actually ever wants to sacrifice? People just care about themselves, and you kind of can't blame them for that. But for Steph coming coming after the, the first MVP in title, then the 73-win season, another unanimous MVP, um, shoe sales, just insane. That's an underrated part of this. Shoe sales going insane. And he goes, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about, don't care about what Andy Liu and Dave McMenamin says on Twitter and Skip Bayless. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to win a championship. At the end of the day, that's what people will care about 30 years from now. I don't care if it means KD coming here and Nike killing all of that, right? And that's what happened. Nike came in, KD came in, and people start talking about how KD is the best player on the team. And he might be. He might be. But we don't, I don't think we, we know that Steph sacrificed kind of the attention for that to happen. And you will never, ever, ever see any superstar do that. Ever. And, and we're not even talking about superstars. I'm saying, like, even some stars won't do that. Like, can you imagine just normal stars in the NBA kind of sacrificing that intention? They wouldn't do that. And Steph, at the highest level, said, yeah, I'm willing to give that up because, you know what, all I care about is winning titles. I don't know. I just It's crazy to me, man. Tim Duncan, right, is the comp that we make. Just a selfless dude. Darren Sproles-esque. 
<laughs> Just kidding. Those who those who know know. I'll leave it there. All right, keep moving. We got a long list of people to get to. Uh, Ricky Garcia, my man, what's up? So this one, this question's kind of inspired by uh, Shohei uh, winning um, AL MVP unanimously. Um, Should have been Vladito. Stop. Get this guy, get this, get this guy off. <laughs> um, if the Warriors finish um, with the NBA's best record or at the very least in the upper echelon of teams and Steph keeps playing the way he's going right now, does he, does he have a chance to be a two-time unanimous MVP? Ooh. Oh. That's, that's interesting. All right. Um, if this Warriors team wins 65 games – Without Clay for the first 30, and let's be realistic, probably not like the Clay we know for the next like 20 to 30. He should. Like, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, he should win. M- he should be unanimous, but like, wow. Yeah, he should win MVP, but unanimous. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like unanimous became um, just obvious when the Warriors were halfway into that 73 win season. And it was like, Oh, it's like, no one's even close. You know what I mean? So I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on if we'll get it unanimously this year, because it's way too early and there's too much season to go. Yeah. I mean, they went, they went, they, if they went 65 games, I mean, Jesus, I thought I was being a homer <laughs> saying they'd win in the fifties and Vegas set their line at 48 and a half. So they're over a quarter to that already. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's one of those things where if the win total gets that high, I mean, he's he's going to win the MVP one. But, yeah, he'll, it'll be unanimous in that case. I don't oh, know. my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Uh, let's keep moving. We'll go to other Luke. Other Luke in Australia. Yo, hello, hello. There, ah, we, go. there we go. Ahoy. How are you guys? Have you been well? Um, good. Look, I think it's pretty obvious that everyone's expectations have changed throughout um, the season already. Um, I just want to know if you guys think now, or if we're going to get to, if this team is going to be a championship or bust, and who else in the NBA, per se, is that? Because the Australian ads of NBA are saying anyone can win, but, like, realistically, we know the truth, right? Not everyone can. That's true. I like the question, Luke. That's other Luke from Australia. So, so Andy, my, my first thought is I want to see how Clay looks to determine if this team needs to add or if they legitimately have enough. I Yes. Um, I think championship or bust is – I mean, yeah – uh, they are. I mean, theoretically, hypothetically, realistically, you got Steph Curry in his prime. You got Draymond Green in his prime. You got Clay Thompson coming back from his injury in his prime. Like, yes, they're championship or bust. But like you said, the question becomes, does that mean that they throw guys in to make a trade at midseason? Right. Like if there is a trade on the table, if Pascal Siakam comes on a table, are they making that trade or are they keeping James Wiseman? Like it does that. Is that what championship or bust means? Frankly, I don't even want to answer that question. The vibes are too good. I don't want to answer it. It's a little too early to determine that. I know they're in the mix right now. I know they have Clay and Wiseman coming back. I want to see how that looks. It does feel to me like they're 
we'll we'll see when we go into the deadline. It's it's a weird season yes. because I hate I hate waiting on the trade deadline, but this might be a season where the title is decided at the trade deadline because I don't feel like anyone's running away with it. Like the Lakers no. look vulnerable and not special. The Bucks are a very good team but banged up. Brooklyn is Kyrie <laughs> playing? That really is the swing to me is is, is Kyrie going to play the season? Right, exactly. Like he changes the calculus for them. But even if let's put this way, if they get Kyrie back, but James Harden never figures it out, right, like, right, then are they still like they're terrifying if you get peak Harden, Kyrie, and KD? But like the only one of those I know you got is peak KD. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's it, a lot of things in the balance. It's interesting. I got I got to see how it gets the deadline. All right, keep moving. Couple more callers, and then we will call it a night. Omar, our friend. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be back. Not much. Um, How you doing, buddy? Good, man. So she posted on Twitter. I found it interesting. Um, Wiggins had 24 minutes, zero rebounds, didn't play at all in the fourth. And usually I'd be cursing this dude for being a bum on 30 million. But <laughs> you know what? I'm feeling kind of okay about it. It's interesting. For the last five games or so, He's really doing the stuff on offense that he should be doing. It's like um, he he had this moment where he had a pull-up jumper that we hate, and he passed it to Draymond and then cut to the basket. And he's doing stuff like that. And, you know, he's always going to be inconsistent. He's not a max player. But we're seeing growth in real time. And with the depth that we have and Clay coming back to add the competitive elements to the you know roster spots, I feel good about this. And I just wanted to point that out. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm not going to slander Wiggins for a little bit. We'll wait and see. I agree. I agree. He, he's played well for, he's played well for the last few games since apparently he's off his minutes restriction and, and they've played some good teams and he's shown up. So, I, you know, happy to give him a pass for this game. And I think that's, that's completely fine. Just given the expectations that we have of him, but Hey, he's, he's playing a lot better in the past week than, than at least I thought. I would agree too. Like tonight, tonight was, by the way, Omar, appreciate the call. I mean, this is the type of thing that frustrates you with Wiggins because the, the effort level is just waxes and wanes. Like, you know, he's better than this and he didn't show up. But on the other hand, the words of the depth to bench him. And I love the fact that Steve did it and rode Juan and Damian Lee and it worked. So yep, yep. maybe, maybe, Maybe that makes a difference. In general, you know, yeah, Williams has played pretty well for the last couple of weeks or week, really, and nothing to really complain about. But I don't know. It's interesting. So, all right, let's keep moving. Varun. Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry if you already discussed this. I just joined. But uh, I'm a Jordan Poole stand. It pains me to see him struggling because especially on his bad nights, you know, you see the ability to, like, drive, finish around the rim, pass a little bit. Sam, I saw on Twitter you talked about getting him some pick-and-roll opportunities, but just more generally, what do we need to do to get him going? That's a great question. We actually have not talked about that. So, Andy, what do you think? Because I have some thoughts, but you go first. What do you think about getting Jordan Poole going? I, okay, so I, I, we're going to have differing thoughts. So I like this one. I think he needs to uh, just focus on getting to the rim. Look, the system is not going to change for him. At some point, you're going to have to play within the system. And I do think the system could make him more efficient. He's they're not they're just not going to run. More. We talked about this all last season. They're not going to run a pick and roll system for him. 
He's not good enough for them to command a pick and roll system. What he needs to do is stop shooting 40 foot threes for no reason. And I think he's cut that out of his game a little bit. And also the other thing is he's also just missing wide open threes. They're going to fall. Like I, he's just missing wide open threes right now. And then maybe you want to say he's in his head or not, but he's a confident kid. I think he's just going to shoot better and the rest of his game is going to come along. I, I just don't believe that they're going to change the system form. So I'm not going to disagree with you here. I don't think I actually thought his misses tonight were like, those are shots. He yeah. Those weren't bad yeah. shots. Exactly. So I, I do think I would like to see them run some pick and roll and maybe Wiseman coming back really helps this for him. Like now you have a second unit where it's like with the second unit, we run a little one, five pick and roll with pool and Wiseman and maybe that gets him going. But other than that, I think he just to stick with it a little bit. Like he's just having a rough go of it. And I do appreciate how Steve is not benching him and just sticking with it a little bit because he, he's a young player. He's in a bad space, and you know it'll it'll come yeah. around. I guess. Struggles so. happen. Yeah, struggles happen. I mean, third year guy, twenty two years old. Like, it happens, man. Like, you know why we're 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 so we want him to like we're used to watching Stephen Clay. Those guys don't struggle anymore. Those those guys are also like in year eight. <laughs> you're you're seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Like those guys don't struggle anymore because they're that good. But goes young. I'd say you just ride with it. Steve is. All right, last call of the night. We're going to get to Dennis, who was not able to get in here last time. There we can go. Can you guys hear me? We can, can hear you. Hear What's me? up, man? Yes. Oh, man, first time caller all the way from Kenya. Um, happy, really, uh, you guys are an awesome follow. Happy to what you're doing. Um, just, uh, I don't know, I don't know if this is a question or not, but I, I, I feel like we're doing so much uh better than last year that I'm just enjoying the vibe. Last year this was a game we probably lose by ten or fifteen. This year, like I was just confident going to the fourth quarter, we're going to turn it up and uh Draymond went in, we went small ball, Steph went off. I don't think it's that controversial what people were saying before that he's actually top five, top six, top seven all time. I think it'll just take some time before his resume catches up to it. But for me, he's already there. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Dennis, appreciate it. I'm so glad oh, we can get you on. So man. glad we can get you on this time. For for the people who didn't listen, Dennis tried to call on the last two shows and technical difficulties stopped it. I, I love it. Layers worldwide. Wow. Steph top five all time. Just needs the resume to catch up. Wow. Can we get producer Tim to cut the part where he just said he's calling from Kenya? That is that is incredible. That may, that is the perfect cap to the night. And uh, I, hey, man, if Steph is going to keep this up and we think he will and he gets a couple more titles, top five of all time, easy, easy money. This guy is some different, man. Wow. Appreciate you all. Pot out in the morning.